Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Grow With Tim podcast. I am the co-host of the... I don't even get my name in the podcast title, but uh, we, I am... We should probably fix that. We, I don't know. It's good. This is what... Give them what they want. They want Tim. They want to know about growth. They want to know about your journey. I'll just jump in with funny anecdotes here and there and keep you going, man. But uh, on this episode, we had pre-discussed we were going to jump into the topic of investing. Yeah. You spent a lot of time doing that in the traditional sense of what we all think about in terms of media and social and and, uh, the numbers and all that. But investing to you seems like a bigger topic, and it's gone back a lot farther than just actual transactional money. Yeah. Yeah, investing I think for me is like the secret weapon of my success and I've I've given a lot of thought to investing. And when I say investing, you're right. I don't mean stocks and bonds yeah. and mutual funds. Certainly I've done some of that, but I mean investing in a much broader sense, like making hard choices today that are going to make for an easier life tomorrow. And you can do that in terms of how you spend your time, in the education that you pursue, in your entertainment choices, um, in, in developing systems and processes, investing in people and relationships, and all kinds of ways. And I, as I look back over the last 20-some years of my life, I think the, the common theme that has paid off again and again is, is I've invested and so I've given a lot of thought to how can I teach that to my kids? How can I teach that to other people? And how can I capitalize on it and even extend it in my own life? So, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. So uh, first off, let's talk about kind of the definition of what investing is. By definition, in a vernacular common man thing, I would say that maybe the average person isn't thinking about this topic as much because delayed gratification is part of the root yeah. of yeah. what's going on here. So yeah. how would you kind of like just define invest and what would you say that it is that you're doing? Yeah, I, th- I think, how do we know if we're doing it? Yeah, I think delayed gratification is great. What I mean is, instead of spending that money on or or that time or whatever on the easy choice today, I'm making a hard choice that is that is going to pay off later. That's the definition of investing: doing something today that isn't going to immediately benefit. In mm. fact, it might cost me in the short run, but it's going to pay off in the long run hopefully at a rate greater than if I took it today, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and and that's that's all I mean when I say investing. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, I've got this book sitting on my shelf, and I think you're very familiar with this book called, I think it's called The Marshmallow Test. Yeah. And what was crazy to me is learning about this book, because I haven't read it, but I've seen video. I'll go cheat and watch a couple YouTube videos first, and I was like, so I kind of know what it's about maybe, is that uh, a lot of folks, maybe like yourself, begin the mental process of investing maybe much, much earlier than the next guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely have spent a lot of time trying to think about how to teach my kids to have this this mindset, right? So I remember when my son was seven, I think uh, he said, you know, Daddy, can I play video games for 15 minutes? He, he knew to put a time limit on oh, it, right? Oh, okay. So can All I play right. video games for 15 minutes? And I said, yeah, you can play. I said, but I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. If you go read for 30 minutes, then you can play video games for 30 minutes later. And he thought about that. He said, oh. Okay, I'll do that, right? And then he <laughs> okay. went and got his book and he read yeah. for 30 minutes, right? So I try to do that as frequently as possible, like even in artificial ways like that, just to stretch that muscle or develop that muscle of delayed gratification. But the book that you're talking yeah, about yeah. is this classic study. I think it was done in the 1970s. This, uh, I think maybe Harvard researcher, I can't remember, Stanford maybe. Okay. Um, they basically put kids in a room with a marshmallow. 
And they said, you can have that marshmallow. But if you wait until I come back in 15 minutes, you can have two marshmallows. Okay. Right? It's tough. Yeah. And then they, they split those kids into two groups, right? The ones that could handle it, that waited for two marshmallows versus the ones that, like, you know, stuffed in their mouths right away. Sure. And then they tracked those kids for years, for the next couple of decades. And basically the ones who were able to delay gratification, who could make the hard choice now, just ended up with way better life outcomes in terms mm. of their physical fitness, in terms of their career success, their monetary – like across the board in almost every category, they got ahead. Now, there have been some subsequent studies that said actually some of that has to do with your socioeconomic background. For sure. example, sure. if you grew up in a life of scarcity and where you things weren't reliable, your your um, – you just had a very chaotic yeah, household. Right. Well, maybe eating that marshmallow now while you know you can have it actually is the smartest choice. And so th- there there have been some updates to that study. But at its core, if you can learn to make a hard choice now, you're going to have an easier life. If you take the easy route now, you're going to have a hard life later. Somebody said hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. Right. And, and I think that's so it simple. It's so yeah. simple to think about it like that. And when we're thinking about health choices, though, I got to put a plug in for my people who are like, well, of course, you're going to maybe have a healthier body if you didn't just eat tons of marshmallows. Yeah, right. your whole life. <laughs> I feel like I could do a study like that. Yeah, right. And I could come up with an outcome. Give me a Harvard doctorate. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So um, we have a couple of uh, thoughts here around um, what are some of the practical hard choices that you think people could make, you've made, I could make. Help us understand, outside of the traditional monetary investing, well, the little kitty video game thing was cool, but yeah. what are some other ideas? Yeah, so uh, we'll get into some of these more in depth as, as our conversation goes on. But I mean, it could be as simple as reading more, right? Maybe that means you're going to watch TV less and you're going to read some nonfiction. Mm. That That's a harder thing for most of us anyway. That's sure. a harder thing to do. Yep. Um, maybe you're going to go back to school or maybe you're going to take an online course and spend a few bucks on it. Uh, maybe you're going to hire a coach, right? Even if that coach is expensive and you say, man, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to come up with that money. I'm going to have to cut somewhere, right? Um, maybe you're going to start a side hustle and figure out how to make a few hundred or a few thousand dollars extra a month or launch a business. Maybe you're going to buy real estate. You're going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to make some other sacrifices elsewhere and figure And by the way, if you don't know how to buy real estate or you don't have the money, then go buy a book or talk to somebody that can help All the other things you've said so far. Get the book, get the coach, go on the the online class, right? I mean, (laughs) it might be fixing a pesky problem like, you know, this computer error message. Every time you turn on your computer, you get this stupid little error message and it takes 10 seconds extra and it's, it's frustrating you. Maybe you could just go Google it and take five minutes to Google how to get rid of this error message and mm-hmm. fix it, right? That's a little tiny micro investment. Right. But every time you per- turn on your computer after that, it like pays off because you're not frustrated and you're more creative and more productive. And um, y- y- maybe it's figuring out how to cut your spending a little bit and pay down debt faster or you know, make some hard choices to not get in debt in the first place if that's possible. Sure. Or buy a used car instead of a, a new car and, and reduce your payment or pay cash or whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of little ways that we can invest. And, and my hope is in this conversation that we can inspire some people, even in little tiny microwaves, make a little bit of a hard choice today that's going to pay off. And over the course of 5, 10, 15, 20 years, I, I think it was Albert Einstein that said the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. Right, you know how if you save twenty bucks a day when you're twenty or whatever, it's not even that much. It's it's much more modest than that. But yeah. basically, you can't you can't help but become a millionaire, and it it's actually 
it's not 20 bucks a day. It's even less than that. I forget what the math works out. But basically, compound interest just has this amazing right. characteristic. Right. But I think when it comes to time, it's even more powerful. You you do these little things that save you two minutes or 30 seconds or five minutes. You, you figure out the best way to drive to work because of traffic at this particular time. You pay attention and you clock – and you end up saving like two minutes and then you figure out another way to save two minutes. And then, and before you know it, you are accomplishing like twice as much in the average day as other people. So I think compound interest applies to time even more than it does to money. And my hope is that we can convince some people to make little tiny investments today. Now, we are in a um, – we are talking to a person though who is conscious about wanting to get better and have a better life down the future. Do you think – that this is still applicable to people who are not really concerned about getting to work any faster. They're okay with maybe their life today. What is the connection between um, the long-term growth and folks who are like not really of that personality persuasion? Like, yeah. I might be okay. Yeah. Why, is it, why is this a big deal? Yeah, well, first of all, I think if you are complacent, you're probably not listening to this show. Right? Okay, <laughs> that, I said that, right. The people who are here are probably not those people. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. I think I think the, the kind of people that are our tribe, right, are interested in growth and getting better. Um, not necessarily a particular, like, one-size-fits-all goal, like they all want to be a, a multimillionaire or they all want to be CEO or they all want to own a company or whatever, but I think pretty much the people that we hang out with and that, sure. that we like to hang out with want to get better. So for, first of all, there's that. But I would say, and, and by the way, there's a fine line between like discontentment and hunger to get better. Mm-hmm. So people, somebody asked me once, you know, are you content? And I thought, that's a great question. I am absolutely content with where I am today. I, I love where I am today. And if I'm still here tomorrow, I will not be content. Right. Right. That's want, a good answer. I want for tomorrow that good question. to be a little yeah. bit better than today. Yeah. And as long as tomorrow is better than yesterday, I'm good. Right. Okay. So I'm always, and I think most of the people that are listening to this are probably that way. So yeah, I, not everybody is going to care about shaving 30 seconds off their commute. That's fine. But there's some category we're going to talk about today that they could and probably should invest in. And and if a couple people say, I'm going to make a little investment this week, then then this shows Yeah, I success. agree with that completely because we're not just talking about investment or growth in terms of monetary dollars or something like that. So uh, whatever areas that folks have out there might be something to think about um, that uh, really motivates them and moves them on to growth in that environment. So take us back. Tell us about some of the things. We want to get specific, Tim. Tell us about some of the things you've done specifically that you think – that was an investment that cost me something. Maybe it's paying off now. Yeah. Uh, so this is an easy question, right? I've I've done this all my life. And by the way, I can't take a lot of credit for this. My my parents are both like the definition of investors. Mm. And I don't just mean stocks and bonds and mutual funds. Like they have spent their whole life being really intentional about making difficult choices early on so that they can be rewarded later on. And and both my parents are great models of that. They're great teachers of that. So can't take credit for this. But my, my whole life has been this. So like, I, I mean, where do I start? I can go back to my university days. I joined the intercollegiate debate squad. Okay. I was terrified of public speaking. Mm. Um, I didn't really know how to research. I didn't know much about persuasion or like all the things that I had to do for debate, I was not very good at. And it was an intimidating thing. And like all of the things. So my question is, why in the world, what was your motivation to join? Yeah, well, I thought, <laughs> you know what? I 
I was convinced that there would be value from it. Hmm. I thought that the ability to persuade someone, to think on my feet, to be able to communicate from a stage, to, to do the research, to invest, like to be able to, to synthesize really complex ideas and understand them, I thought this is going to be valuable. And so I did it. And back then, if you were on the debate squad, you were expected, required really, to spend a minimum of 10 hours a week researching. So this wasn't just like, you know, show up once a while. There there was a lot of work involved and there was travel and missed classes and whatever. But I'll tell you, from that debate experience, I learned how to research. I learned how to think on my feet. I learned how to think critically. I learned how to persuade. I learned a lot about sales. I learned a lot about public speaking. I learned a lot about organization and time organization. And we would show up to it. Back then, you you didn't have digital evidence. You had literally like a two and a half foot long evidence box with hundreds, probably not probably, actually thousands of pages of research, congressional bills and research documents and policy documents and all kinds of stuff. And you would have, like, you would make a a five-minute speech and then or somebody else would make a five-minute speech, and then you'd be, like, rifling through. You're trying to find, well, according to such and such a congressional report, this fact says that. And so, I mean, the, the value of all that, thinking on my feet, Argumentation, not not like an argument, but like yeah, being yeah. able to convince Traditional somebody of the position. Logic, debate, yeah, and, and the cool thing about, about debate is that every round you flip flop. So I'm affirmative this round, and ten minutes later I'm arguing against that. And so you really learn to take apart an issue and see both sides of it. Anyway, so debate is just one example of like that was really hard for me. I it wasn't natural, and it yeah. took a lot of time and a lot of effort. Um, but it paid off in spades. And by the way, I met my wife in debate, so that was well, like, there you you know, a really there big you bonus. Can't um, qualify that. So, what are? How did it pay off today? What about those things are you using, or yeah. has helped you? So, I mean, it pays off every day, like thousands of times over. My ability to articulate a position to a room full of people, whether that's clients or prospective clients or a team, the ability to understand an issue, to digest big amounts of information, and then like simplify it and bring it down to the key ideas and take a position on it and then argue for it like the 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 research the persuasion being able to read a room and and take complex ideas and communicate them i mean i use those skills every single day i think debate was probably the single most valuable part of my undergraduate career really? like yeah even more, i had great classes i had great teachers i had great extracurriculars but debate like debate was worth the price of admission really just okay a lot of people wonder that about maybe a liberal arts type of degree that we both have and how are you using it or was it worth it the economy has changed so much and uh, it's funny that those outside of class type experiences thinking projects group projects which is life and business is a big group project like those are the things that actually you know have sustained what what else you got some other ideas I mean, I could tell you dozens of stories. It depends how much time you have. But, like, in the same vein, in grad school, I joined Toastmasters. If you're mm. not familiar with Toastmasters, it's this uh, group. It's a, it's a worldwide thing. Club. Yeah. yeah. But you learn leadership in there. You learn organization. You learn interpersonal skills. You learn presenting skills. And there's, like, projects. So your first speech is, like, the icebreaker speech. You just get comfortable. And then the next one, you're doing visual aids. And then the next – I mean, they yeah. – and yeah. same story. Like – I was still pretty intimidated at that point, and it took a lot of time. You know, every Monday evening, 90 minutes or whatever the meeting was. But I trace back so much success to the five or six years that I was in Toastmasters. Yeah. Like, incredible value in the relationships form and all kinds of stuff. Um, I think they've changed up the model of the speaking series 
actually in oh, the last few have. years. Okay. Right as I exited a club, I've okay. been a part of two yeah, chapters see? myself. Yes. Yeah. Um, that they, I don't know what they've changed it to, but I think they've changed the model. Maybe of, so. Everybody knows, like, oh, where's there's the introductory, then the visual visual aid, but I think it's a little different now. So I don't know what they're doing over there. Toastmasters is is. I recommend Toastmasters to people all the time. I think um, it's incredibly valuable. It's a great investment. Back when I was in it, I'm sure it's more now, I think it was 40 bucks every six months or something. So the major investment was time. And it's stressful because you show up and like at any point they could call on you to give a little in contem- uh what is that extemporaneous speech yeah. or whatever like yeah. you know so but, to but critique that's value someone else's speech yeah. and to jump up and give announcements or yeah. critique someone else's speech it's a it's a speaking club that's but it's the point. but it's brilliant yeah. i mean it's so super yeah. valuable when my wife another story completely different category right when my wife and i got married we bought uh, rental property okay. and we lived in one unit and rented out the others and you know it wasn't in the best part of town and it wasn't a super nice property and meanwhile and and i was driving a 1992 mercury grand marquee that you know had, had been around for a long no time no wonder your wife right? got with you no, that was it right <laughs> that there. Was we it. figured it out okay wasn't and, the debate skills it was uh, the grand marquee so my, you know, most of our peers were buying much nicer homes and much nicer vehicles. And for a while there, it seemed like they were really getting ahead. Like yeah. they were, yeah. but they were racking up debt and they certainly weren't building income producing assets like we were. And, you know, I'm, I'm not really here to keep up with the Joneses or to compare or whatever, but I mean, candidly, most of those people um, have far fewer assets and a lot less income than we do today because for the first seven years that we were married, we lived in this little rental property, um, neighbors to our tenants. But that opened up so many opportunities. It allowed us to do so many things um, and and have such freedom. And now 16 years later, like we still own that property mm-hmm. and it makes us a lot of money. Yeah. So it was really hard for the first few years. Right. right. Um, I need to interview your wife on a podcast episode where there you, go. you are not involved. There you to go. See, we should do that. To see, right, to see what she says about some of these things. So we both have wives, and so it's always interesting for guys who are driven, thinking about growth, trying to dissect it. You know, how is it affecting people around us? Yeah. That's, so yeah. it's just an interesting thought. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to make that happen. Yeah. I'll give you one or two more stories, and then we can move on. I, I think of hiring my first business coach. So this was back uh, over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And I was running a, a Jim, little. You've mentioned that's Jim. right. I've met Jim. I yes. don't know him well, but yep. I've met Jim. Yeah. Okay. So I was making uh, at the time my little fledgling company was paying me a salary of twenty seven thousand dollars a year. All right. Uh, this was a little more than a decade ago, and um, I hired Jim as my first business coach and paid him eighteen thousand dollars a year. It's a lot. That is and a lot. that's not that wasn't an income producing thing. Correct. Are you paying him company money? Was that coming from yeah. the take-home I mean, dollars? Yeah, no, it was it was a comp- it was a business expense. Yeah, but he was. I was the owner of the company. Yeah, but he but doesn't have a job of making new sales for you. No, yeah, he's no. coaching. He he was coaching me, helping me get better. Okay. Right, and so eighteen thousand dollars. I don't a year, think a lot of people could do anything like that. That's tough. Th- That's that, a tough. That required a lot of sacrifice, yeah. frankly. Like yeah. there were, but. But I have never looked back on that. That investment of $18,000 a year has paid for itself so many times over. The The value I got from that was just enormous. It wasn't easy, right? But it was valuable. Um, and it continues to pay dividends today. And and it probably sounds crazy to spend that kind of money, but I I don't regret it for a minute. Yeah, like, wow. Um, and, and this year, just to give you kind of an update, right? That was, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that. Um, 
I think this year, I was doing a little head math the other day. I think I've spent about $60,000 this year on professional development. Wow. Now, to some people listening to that, maybe that's nothing, like no big deal. To me, that's still a pretty big number. Like it wasn't very many years ago that I wasn't making $60,000 in a year. Um, And now I'm spending that amount just to get better. And in the point now to other people, it's like, holy cow, you're spending $60,000 on professional development in a single year. Like what the heck is wrong with you? Right. And Um, what can you learn and why is it valuable? They don't, they wouldn't know what they don't know about that. But the point isn't how much you are or aren't and whether that's reasonable. The point is that pretty much every year my budget into professional development has gotten bigger and is always paid off. And so no matter where you are, if you're not spending anything on yourself or if you're spending $100,000, the question is what could, where can you go next? Like, And it's not about money. Maybe it's just time or whatever. But the point is there are very few – I really can't think of much of anything that you could invest in um, in terms of your future. So you can invest in your, your marriage and your kids yep. and, and things that are for eternal significance. But in terms of temporal things like for – Investing in yourself is the best investment you can do always. So whatever it is that you're investing in yourself now, think, what could I do if I spent 10% more time or effort or money or whatever? Um, I have never regretted investing in myself. Love to hear it. Yeah, that is a really powerful lesson to be learned. And someone like me, you know, we started this new partnership together. Part of what I wanted to glean from you was, how have you done it? What is has been the process? And what I'm learning, what you asked me to help you with in terms of branding and storytelling and reaching folks in a media-type uh, environment, all you keep talking about is all the money you've spent and all the time <laughs> and all the effort you have spent on investing in coaching and help and partnership. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess that's what I was missing, yeah. right? Exactly what you're doing here is what I and others should be doing in other areas of their life where they are weak or their confidence is low and it's keeping them from becoming who they could be. Yeah, I'm trying to get a little bit better. As long as tomorrow is a little bit better than yesterday, I'm golden. All right. right. All right. So, so I want to ask you the same question okay. because you've made some hard choices. Uh, sure. You, 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 you have reaped some rewards from that. So I'm curious, as you think about this idea of investing, where, where have you invested in your future and how has that worked out for you so far? I'll give you two. So yeah. one comes to mind in a, in a less of an investment type. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily call this an investment at the time, but I okay. needed to know something about myself, and I needed okay. to think about myself quite a bit. So I obviously have done a lot of speaking, mm-hmm. a lot of in front of the room, a lot of um, fan engagement, corporate entertainment, and those type of things. I have a one-man show, which is my second example. But what I realized, um, I got a, um internship and a lot of tutelage in school around doing production. Okay. So I knew a little a bit about microphones. I knew a little bit about cameras. And I got a internship at a minor league baseball team, the one we have in Greenville, South Carolina, the Drive. It's a Red Sox team here. In its infant season, year one, new season downtown, I'm running the fan cam. So mm-hmm. I'm in your face, kiss cam, getting, yeah. you know, getting people to do the YMCA and all that stuff. And I'm just the camera guy. And there was an opportunity in between first and second season for me to consider uh, being – on the microphone as the MC, So the guy who, the camera guy would shoot, obviously, up on the dugout, getting in front of the fans and doing personality work. Yep. Of course, when you're behind the camera, you are not 
doing personality work. Right. No talking necessary. Right. You can be deaf mute, you know, and just if you can handle that job, it's going to be good for you. Well, here's the thing that was really strange for me, and I've thought about this one million times. I got potentially offered the opportunity to um, audition, let's say, yep. for that considerate audition. Yep. And I thought that the pay for the camera guys in the production team was 50 bucks a game. I thought that was $20 higher. $30 is what the MC was getting. Yeah. And I said, there's no way at that stage in life and what I needed yeah. to make it and paying off my bills, there's 0% yeah. chance I'm going to go spend the same amount of time sweating yeah. to the oldies out here at the baseball games. Yeah. For a pay cut. For a pay cut. Yeah. But then I had this epiphany one night in the bed by myself, and it was one of those things that you hear about from people and you just had a clarity moment, and it was mine is every time I look through that viewfinder and I see the guy I'm pointing at, I'm going to wish I were him. Mm. Yep. And that is really what who I am and the desire that I'd like to be and who I'd like to present to the world. Yep. So I said yes. Crazy enough. I mean, the rest is history. If yeah, you know yeah, Jay Do, yeah, right? right? I mean, the rest is history. Ten solid seasons being the MC. Then I went into b- basketball, college basketball, and Clemson University in 13 seasons with them. But... I made the right choice for who I was. I made a bet on who I was mm-hmm. and who I wanted to be. And turns out it was yeah. no pay cut. It was 50 yeah. bucks. And I, yeah. for whatever reason, I thought it was a pay cut. I thought it, was, <laughs> it was the same. It was 50 bucks. <laughs> but in terms of the payoff, like, think about what would have happened if you were still behind the camera today. Right? Oh, not even. You're, you're right. The amount of, in terms of something we can count, which yeah. is dollars, we can yeah. count them. Yeah. Not even close. It's yeah. unfathomable, right. the return, right. because I were, was seen in my environment. People saw that I loved to be there. I would put, you know, it's the one of those things you put extra effort into. Yep. I interview people with pencils and pens and my kids with forks and spoons and knives because that's what I love to do. I So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about your one-man show. Yeah, so I've got a Black History one-man show, and I've had that for 11 years. And I've been on stages doing from then till now in a theater environment, Black American History, MLK, Frederick Douglass, and others. And let's go back to the beginning. I saw an opportunity because I watched a one-man show. I was at a theater, and I watched one, and I didn't even like the show. I think I fell asleep, maybe left it intermission. But I said, man, I could do that. What happened, long story short, was putting that show together that I still have 11 years later took me 18 months yep. of being by myself yep. research yep. like you said and it was that sacrifice at that time the investment was I'll tell you that I got down to around 6 weeks or so before the opening show date mm-hmm. on our birthday February 9 yeah, 2011 right. yep. and I got invited to a party with my buddies and they were doing it big. It was going to be the theme part. Everybody was dressing up. You know, we can go buck wild at somebody's apartment, whatever. I wanted to be there six weeks straight up until the show. It was solid memorization. It was papers just like this yep. with font just like this yep. in my cold apartment by myself. Yep. I mean, I have no internet. I have no heat. Or, or I didn't use it at that time or something. <laughs> I remember it was cold. And that show, 100 50 plus shows later, 11 years later, it's taken me all over the country. 60,000 people maybe have enjoyed yeah. that show, paid yeah. me to do yeah. it. And it's not passive, but it is a residual thing because yeah. now MLK's dream speech is in my head and I yeah. can deliver that to whoever and whichever audiences are going to enjoy. But I couldn't go, in my mind, 
I couldn't go to that party. Yeah. And that was tough for me. Yeah. That was tough for me. I'm pretty good at It'd be easy stuff. for me, but not so much for <laughs> right. you, right? There it is. All right. So so let's let's say after your first show, what do you think your hourly rate was? Oh, so I can tell you. I, I Let's break it down here. But I did a two-night experience, and that was the only thing that was ever on the calendar. Yeah. The idea was this was my opus, and after this, I don't know, I'll yep. just go be a janitor or something. Yeah, right. So there was nothing. It wasn't a business. It was yep. a two-night experience. Yep. And uh, that split with the house. On ticket sales, yep. was thirty seventy. I was thirty. Yep. Okay, yep. not that great. Yep. Okay, I yep. wouldn't do it again. Um, but uh, it was eleven hundred dollars. Eleven hundred dollars. Eighteen months. Eighteen months of, 18 work. Months of 18 work. Eighteen months for eleven hundred dollars. I right? did. Okay. And so. that night, when I walked in, the executive director said, "Hey, someone from a corporate office. We have a hospital system in our town." Um, and a guy from that office heard about the show. He said he was coming. The guy said, I'm comping him a ticket because they're thinking about having this. They heard about it for their um, associates at the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I walked out of the very first opening show with that guy shaking my hand and said, in two weeks, we want this on our campus. It yep. was fabulous. I loved it. Yeah. How much? 1800 bucks. And that was... The beginning. more of the money the, you know what I'm saying yeah. $1,100 for a year and a half and I said 1800 to this guy he said sure that sounds yep. fine yep yeah. yep. and and now you said how many shows later 150 maybe so so let's just talk Nine about virtual shows and let's just talk stuff. about growth for a second your your first year how many times did you do that show uh, I'd say five five and this yeah. year how many did you do I did I did four in one day yeah this year right uh, in, uh, in February so I think it's something in the 20 Right now, I think it's twenty eight. Twenty eight, and so far this year. So far this year, yeah. And and um, I mean, we're barely into the year, right? I'm. I, we did get February, so yeah. That Black helped, History right? Month, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Okay, so so back in the beginning, you didn't see, and now you've got virtual shows, yeah. and you, I mean, there's all kinds, and you're putting together a course that you. There's all kinds of, of um, trickle down benefit from this, but those eighteen months, you didn't know exactly how all this was going to play out, but you said this is about this is something that I can do. I'm going to invest in myself and my future. I'm going to make some hard sacrifice. I'm not going to go to this party and lots of other things that you went without. Um, but looking back on it, you wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, of course not. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And, of course, there is a there's an impact. We've talked about that a little bit. Maybe that's a show that we need to have a whole topic on, the impact of what that – the trickle and the ripple yeah. effect. Yeah, not just money. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, not in, just money. Impact. But, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a moral tone to, yeah. you know um, – Black history and yep. and the community we can build today because of what I do there and what all of these characters, of course, did with their lives. So yep. big deal. I love it. I love it. Okay. Whew. All right. So uh, I wrote down here a little something something for you. Um, the well, I guess what I'm what I'm trying to wonder here is what other areas do you think people can think about in terms of money investment. We talked about some generalities, lots of areas of life. In terms of money and business and some of the things that you're now known for, you and I both are spending time on, I'm trying to get better at, what are so some of those areas that apply to you and apply to those other people? So so I think of investing in, I don't know, depending on how you slice and dice it, maybe three or four or five big categories, okay. right? So the obvious one is money, right? How can you invest money? So that could be paying down debt, right? Mm -hmm. That could be investing in your company's retirement plan. Like if if you're so after you paid off your debt, if your company has a match, like absolutely do that because you, like 
you've got baked in instant results, right? You put in a dollar, your company gives you a dollar or 50 cents or whatever their match is. So do that, max that out. After that, right, mutual funds or ETFs or individual stocks and bonds, if you know what you're doing, um, real estate, right? Um, and my only caution here is don't invest in something that you don't understand, right. which is mm-hmm. a whole other discussion for another day. And and don't confuse investing with gambling, right? With like GameStop. Mortgage you mean with GameStop. Yeah, GameStop or cryptocurrency <laughs> right. or whatever. Yep. I've got some cryptocurrency, sure. um, but I wouldn't like mortgage my house to go all in on it, right? So um, don't invest in something you don't understand. Don't confuse gambling with investing. But, I mean, those are some easy, obvious illustrations of how you can invest your money, Right. But but a second big category that we've alluded to is time, time. right? So what are some ways you can invest time? I, and I, my hope here is that I'm giving, like I'm, I'm nudging people, I'm planting some seeds for how can they or how can you or how can we go back and invest time today. So I would say a really basic thing is like learning a new skill. That could be... I don't mean like learn to play the piano. I mean learn some keyboard shortcuts on your computer, right? We've I mean, all watched really simple mom stuff. and dad try to get the <laughs> keyboard right. So, yeah, learn a few shortcuts. I'm with them on that one. Mom, are you listening? Is my mom listening to this? Do we know? Yeah. So if you don't already have a calendar, right, develop that capability and live by your calendar almost Maybe not quite every, but almost every successful person I know like lives and breathes and dies by their calendar. So figure out how to make it work for you. Um, create shortcuts. Like if you're going to the same five websites every day or every week, like and you're trying to type, you're going to this email and like what's that link again for this mm. banking website mm. or trying to remember. Right. Like create, take the the two minutes to learn how to create a bookmark toolbar or something on your where you can click once to get it. Um, automate something like I, I'm amazed at how many people spend all this time paying their bills every month right and I realize if your money's really tight and you need to make sure that you don't overdraft your account or whatever maybe there's a time to but for 15 or 20 years I've had every bill automated like on bill pay I never pay bills mm-hmm. like it just the bill shows up and it sucks it out of my yeah, account I don't right. think about it yeah right there's all kinds of things that you can automate um, unsubscribe to emails that you never read. My goodness. Right? How much time I'm do you trying. waste sorting through I'm emails and you're too. like, swipe, swipe, <laughs> swipe, swipe. Like, just just unsubscribe. Yeah. And, and it's a pain. You got to, like, read the fine print, figure out what the unsubscribe is, and then verify your email address. But it takes you, you know, 10 seconds, and it's going to save you all this frustration and time forever after. So invest that way. Maybe maybe you need to scale back the time you spend watching the news or reading the news or watching TV and instead start reading books that are going to help yeah. you level up. Or, you know, fig- figure out if you run meetings at your work or in your business, figure out how to make your meetings more efficient and more effective. So clear agendas and clear expectations and clear action items with deadlines. And, and if you don't know how to do that, then go read a book like Death by Meeting there or whatever, yeah. right, and figure out how to do it. Or here's one of my favorites. Okay. It's a silly little thing. Learn how to use Siri or, or um, Hey Google or, you know, whatever yeah, yeah. your technology is. So... Um, you know, earlier today, I dictated literally a three-page document in a fraction of the time that it would have taken me to type it, all with Siri. Yeah. I just took out my phone yeah. and said, hey, Siri, and I, I dictated this whole thing. And, and I had to fix like six or seven words. But, I mean, when I dictate to Siri, I'm saying, um, you know, hey, Siri, send an email to Jeremiah Dew. And then it'll say, okay, what should the subject be? And I'll say, and then, then it'll say, all right, what's the body? And I'll say... Um, hey, J. Do, comma, new paragraph. Um, looking forward to meeting you today for our podcast recording, period, new paragraph. I wanted to run a couple ideas by you first, colon. Um, and, and like, I'm just going to dictate yeah. all of that. Yeah. Now, 
the first few times I did that, the first hundred times I did that, I made all kinds of mistakes, and it was very awkward. And right. and if somebody else Who was in the I room, they're looking to? at this you. This is terrible. And and you're making, and then you're saying the same thing over again. It's like, oh, this is embarrassing. This is frustrating. This is inefficient. But at this point, that is a capability I have. Yeah. Like. I can type an email faster than most people because I just speak it. Yeah. And I speak all the punctuation. I have very little editing to do. That took some time and effort, but it's an investment, yes. right? So there are all kinds of ways it. that you can invest time, mm-hmm. and it pays off again and again. Okay, and again. so I've got one to add to the list that you've given us. Okay. And it is one that I, I think when you become proficient at a time-saving investment and opportunity to grow later on, you're exactly right. Sometimes when you see other folks struggle with it, it's tough for you to go, wow, I remember those days, but like they're wasting a lot of time. Yeah, right. right? Okay, right. so mine is to take your home screen on your smartphone, which yeah. lots of people are in that world, 99% yep. of us, yep. and organize your oh, I love apps. It. Yes. So I saw yeah. somebody do it. I've seen a lot of people do it, of course. It's not like it's, but there's many more people who have not. Yep. So I don't spend time searching for apps yep. because they're in folders on one page. Yep. That's mine. Yep. I love it. Okay. And, and I, I I do that too. Now, sometimes I just literally search for it. I'll pull down from the top sure. of the room and search for it. But sure. for ones that I use every day, I've, I'm, not, I'm not just like organizing by alphabetical order or whatever sure i put the the ones that i'm using every day within easy thumb reach for one tap right so that i'm not ha- i'm never having to scroll to the second screen for stuff that i'm using every right. day so yeah while i'm driving yeah, i right? also need to be able to use one hand but right? we we yeah. don't mess with our phones while we drive of course no i'm Certainly just not. You're of course just not. hypothetically speaking if you mom, were to do mom, that mom if you're listening if to you this, were right? to do that yeah so yeah i love it all those are examples of like it took you time and effort and maybe a little frustration to organize your apps yes but it pays off sure. right yeah, figure right. out how to put them in the right All right, place. so the third category for me is a little bit of a different one, right? Time and money are kind of obvious, but this one is frustration. Hmm. So what what causes you chronic frustration, repetitive frustration that saps your energy, right? There are all kinds of little things like this. So maybe it's like you just need to organize better. So if you are always looking for things, that means you don't put stuff in the same place, probably because you don't have a home for it, right? That's so, one thing. So maybe our listening audience, if this is a struggle for you, maybe you need to commit today to say, I'm going to install a hook inside my back door and I'm always going to hang my keys there. And I'm never going to take my keys out of my pocket unless I hang them on that hook. And guess what? You will never look for your keys again. Right. Right? Yes. Or love that one. Uh, whatever I've got one in that kind of category. Yeah, let's hear it. So for years and years and years, all throughout my adolescence, I never put my clothes away. Mm. I, we were in. We were probably in that um, generation where there was school clothes. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, you were homeschooled, yeah, but yeah. I had school clothes and play clothes, so you had to change cl- clothes yeah, when yeah. you came home. Never could find my stuff. Lost it all the time. Even left stuff at school. I yep. mean, it was very bad. And one day, I got so mad at myself that I decided when I walk into the room or home or whatever, and I still do it to this day, do not pass go. Do not yeah. get $200 unless you put your clothes away. Hang them up. Put them in the right hampers. Hang yep. them back up. Whatever. Yep, and my wife is a little bit frustrated. I've got kids now, so they grab you, and sometimes you have to drop a few things yeah, and yeah. hug hug somebody. But that has changed my life in terms of the frustration because it was frustrating me yeah. more than anyone else. I couldn't find any of my clothes. Yeah, ever. The same thing applies to digital information, right? Mm. I used to, I used to, you know, I would have a conversation with you. Maybe you're my prospective client, and I would say, yeah, that's going to be about, um, you know, yeah, I can do that project for you. It's going to be ten thousand dollars or whatever, and then. I'd like scribble that down on a piece of paper somewhere or I'd put it into Evernote or I'd send myself an email or I'd put it in Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever. 
And then like two weeks later, you're like, yeah, I think I'm ready to move forward. I'm like, crap, what did I, t- what did I tell him? Mm-hmm. Let's see, is it in my email? Is it on this scrap of paper? Is it on a legal pad somewhere? Where the heck is that thing, yeah. right? Or a, and so over time, I said, this is stupid. I've just got to develop a system where every time I have a sales conversation, it goes into this digital notebook in Evernote. And every time I write a proposal, it goes into this folder here. And every time I make this kind of a decision, I log it here. And every time I have a conversation – and I just developed a digital organization system right. where I always put stuff in the same place and I never have to look anymore. Love but it. for years, I would spend like <laughs> – 20 or 30 minutes a day just looking for information. So that stupid. you wrote, that you but made. I, yeah, right? <laughs> so, if I were me, where would I put my stuff? So And that would frustrate me. Like, I'm wasting so much time looking for it, but I wouldn't do anything about it. And finally, I'm like, hello, Tim, you know how to fix this, right? So, so think about what saps your energy. And, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to fully appreciate the value of that mm-hmm. like you know right. steve jobs was famous for always wearing a black turtleneck and jeans right because he didn't want to he didn't want to waste his decision making ability on what he was going to wear that day right presidents don't pick their own suits right they're laid out for them because they've got to make so many decisions they need to you need to keep all that re- decision making power in reserve right right and it's the same thing with like all this frustration like you can get exhausted before you even make it to work in the morning because of all these stupid little death by a thousand cuts kind of thing, right? If your computer is getting slower and slower, figure out how to fix it or decide that it's time to go buy a new one or like whatever it is that's frustrating you, figure out how can I put a system in place or a solution? Maybe I need to spend a little money. Maybe I need to spend a little time, but how can I eliminate this? It's going to unlock so much more creativity, so much more energy. You're going to make better decisions. You're going to be more productive. So that's my third category of investing is Spend the time or money if necessary to to get rid of some frustration. And then finally, let's talk about people. Yep. All right. So how do we invest in people? I mean, there's so many ways to invest in people. There's personal relationships, spending time with your kids or your spouse or your friends or your parents or whatever. Um, and, and But if you're a business owner, um, there are so many professional ways. Or even if you're not a business owner, if you're an aspiring business owner, you've got a side hustle or what, whatever. Like – how can you invest in in meeting people, learning from them, um, in some cases hiring them? So, right, if if you're just starting out and you're working nine to five jobs, struggling to make ends meet, some of these things aren't going to make any sense. But but let's say maybe it's time to hire a house cleaner, mm. right? Because you're spending time, like you're working, your 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 time has become really valuable. And now you get home from a long day at work and you get to choose between spending it with your kids or cleaning your house. Right. Maybe you could use some of that money to hire a house cleaner. Maybe you need to hire an assistant. Maybe it's time to hire an assistant for your assistant. Mm. Maybe it's time to hire a COO for your business. Maybe it's time to hire a driver to drive you to appointments. I, the first time I heard that idea, I thought, oh, my goodness, how ostentatious, like how crazy. You, you need to hire a driver to yeah. drive you around. And then I got thinking about it. Shoot, like – I can hire a driver for 25 bucks an hour, and if I can sit in the back seat on the phone or with a laptop and make $300 an hour, well, maybe that's not such a bad yeah, idea after all, right? And get dropped off at the front of the building and not look for parking. I mean, <laughs> right? those things are helpful right. the, to some the people. The time yeah. – so my point is maybe it's time to to hire somebody mm. or, or whether it's like contract with a house cleaning service yeah. or buy a jet and hire a pilot, wherever you're at on, on that continuum – Maybe you just you're, you're chronically understaffed and you need to hire three more people to get back some margin in your day so that you can do better, more valuable, more fun things, right? So, so investing in people, 
both on the personal and professional side, I think for me is the is the fourth category. But keep in mind that original definition. It's making a hard choice today in hopes of future rewards. So it's not like I'm saying, oh yeah, spend all this money on these people or spend all this time on building these systems or whatever just to punish yourself. Like, no, think about what it's going to do for you in a week or a month or a year or for the next 20 years. Back to that compound interest thing. I am now reaping the benefits of hard decisions that I made 20 years ago. And they took me $5 or five minutes and they've made me $500,000 or saved me 500 hours or whatever. So so time, money, eliminating frustration, investing in people. How can you today make a little investment that's going to make tomorrow a little bit better? Love it. Thank you so much, Tim, for taking us through your thoughts on investing. And for those of you out there who want to know more and learn more, remember to continue to follow us, growwithtim.com, for maybe even a consultation from this time investment guru here and money investment mogul to help you move up and grow in your life. <laughs> 